Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto, and boy, do we have a great show lined up for you today. Our guest is David Blackman, former writer for Forbes and current contributor for Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. And also a little later in the show, we'll have a check-in from our Permian Basin correspondent, Catherine Stokes. And as always, we're going to have oil and gas trivia at the end of the show, so listen closely for your chance to win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful and yummy Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. Now, Kim, before we bring David Blackman onto the show, let's talk about what's going on in Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine. Well, Alvin, you know, we just released our current issue, and it's centering around the history of oil and gas. And, you know, our cover is the Port of Victoria. Their chairman, Robbie Burge, is on the cover. And, you know, we're just so excited to be able to tell the Port of Victoria's uh, story and, you know, how the Eagle Fort has really transformed the port and the, really the whole city of Victoria, Texas. And uh, so that takes us to our cover party um, that we will actually have in that beautiful city. We're real excited, have huge, huge numbers for um, the cover party uh, for people who are going to be attending. And so we're really excited. You know, that whole uh, city is, is, is turning into an oil and gas city as well too. I mean, it always it has been for quite some time, but we're really trying to shine uh, a spotlight on it, showing uh, the people of Texas that Victoria is definitely a place to consider for oil and gas. Well, I visited Victoria in the '80s, and ten years later, in the '90s, I was in Victoria again, and I didn't recognize the town. It had grown so much, and. Ten years after that, you don't recognize it again. And now today, it's it's almost unrecognizable to what it was even five years ago. It's just what a great job the city leaders have put together in, in growing that city. I agree. You know, I look around all the different ports, uh, the Houston Ship Channel, the Port of Corpus Christi, the Port of Victoria, and they're all distinctive individually. Uh, but the Port of Victoria has, you know, been a partner with us since practically the beginning of shale. And so it, we've seen it evolve and, and grow exponentially as well. Um, and it gives, uh, to the right kind of companies, it gives a great opportunity to be able to utilize that port. We also are featuring Elizabeth Killinger, the president of Reliant, uh, an energy company. Uh, and she's also the president of Energy Retail. She was our guest last week. That's right. She sure was. We had a great uh, meeting with her to talk a little bit about what they're working on. Um, you know, we had that export ban repealed. Uh, about six months ago or so, a 40-year ban that had been in place. And so Steer is weighing in in this article of Shell on, you know, what can we expect the changes that we will see um, with the export ban being repealed and us being able to now export crude oil. Omar does such a great job in explaining that also. Well, you know, Alvin, Steer is a great partner for Shell Magazine and uh, in the Oil Patch Radio Show uh, because our mission is to educate. And there's their mission is as well. So some of the things that we get to work on together are really helping the community understand oil, oil topics a lot better. And then, of course, you know, always, as always, our normal contributors, such as Dr. Tom Tunstall with the UTSA, uh, Women's Energy Network, uh, Alex 
Sharfin, Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, and there's just so many. David Blackman, there's so many different writers. This is a great, great, great issue uh, with some amazing stories. So I uh, am excited to get it out uh, into the community. Uh, we, uh, you can look for it in the HEBs now. If somebody wants to get a, uh, a hard copy of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, where do they find it or how do they get it? Well, you know, Alvin, that's an interesting question to answer. And part of it is because while we drop statewide in hotels, uh, restaurants, and uh, local grocery stores like HEB throughout the state of Texas, what we find is they are gone within three days from when we drop. We cannot keep them in stock. Um, so if we have anyone who wants a copy and you go looking for it and you can't find it, visit shellmag.com and, uh, send us a little note on stay in the loop, or they can email us at info at shellmag.com and request a copy. We will be sure to get, uh, anyone who wants a hard copy, uh, get a, a subscription going to them as well. You know, something else I think we don't mention often enough, Kim, is that we're on all the social medias. Um, Facebook.com forward slash in the Oil Patch Radio Show or Facebook.com forward slash Shell Magazine Texas. We're also on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Shell Mag, and you can find us on LinkedIn. You know, Alvin, that's a great point. We have, over the past couple of weeks, seen a surge in people coming in and looking for us on all of our social media platforms. And uh, so thank you if you are out there following us. You know, if they do like us on our social media platforms, they basically follow where we're going and what we're doing. And uh, we encourage them to come out and say hello, whether we're taping somewhere or rather we're at an event, um, and take a picture and get added onto our social media. And also, if you're joining us late in the show and you want to hear what we were talking about earlier in the show, you can also go to shalemag.com, and we do put a podcast up of every show that we air, and you, you can find that. Just look for In the Oil Patch at shalemag.com. Kim, some great information, and, and there's great articles in the current issue of Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine, so be sure to get your hands on a physical copy or just visit shalemag.com, where you can read the most recent as well as all of the past issues right there online. Hey, Kim, we're going to do something a little different this week. We've got a business spotlight, don't we? That's right, Alvin. Today's guest is Randy Crow, who is with Barrow Solutions. I'm really excited to have them come today and tell us what they're working on with Barrow Solutions. Hi, Randy, and welcome to the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Kim. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in. We're really excited to be doing a business profile on this new technology that's emerging. So let's get started with, tell us a little bit about what Barrow is designed to do. First, what I want to say is what Barrow is not. Barrow is not a chemical. It's a, it's a bioorganic genetic enzyme. So in other words, it cannot damage the well. Once we put it in there, it will not lock up or seize the well, and I know that's a lot of problems they have with chemicals. Since it's a bioorganic, once we put it down into the well, it can't damage its own environment. So, um, so it's 100%. It won't pollute the water, and it, it won't, you know, kill the fish or anything like that. And what it actually is is a genetically designed enzyme. And, and it's designed to do some important things. One, it releases the hydrocarbons off the solids. Secondly, it peels off the uh, paraffin wax and acetylene off of the solids, breaks them down so they can be flushed out. 
then it, it adheres to the solids and puts a slick film on the solids to reduce the resistance flow. Very interesting. So the nuts and bolts of this is that um, wells that um, have lost some of their production with this product, it will be able to clean off some of that and uh, bring back a greater amount of hydrocarbons, correct? Right, right. Uh, you know, most wells don't, you know, when they dis- decrease in production from, say, they, their uh, IP initial production was 80 barrels and now it's down to eight. It's not because there's not any oil in there. It's because that core is getting clogged up with pollutants and stuff. So once we inject the barrel, let it marinate for a few days, within 20 days, we'll see a significant rise in that. So I, the figure that I use is I, I think we can get at one half of the three-year first-year average. So if the first-year three-year average was 60 barrels, we should see at least 30. Um, so we're, we're all real excited about Texas because Texas is a prime area for this product because we need sandstone, limestone, or, gym, or gypsum. And I know there's tons of wells like that. And I know there's tons of wells that had great IPs years ago, but now they're, you know, lucky if they're in double digits. Well, some of the benefits as well is the fact that you said earlier that it's bioorganic. You know, we have digestive enzymes in our stomach. You know, the city guys in the smaller towns throw enzymes into the sewers to eat the sludge and stuff. The enzymes are part of the environment. It's just that we're able to you know, put together these enzymes and tell them to perform specific functions. This is a new science. It it hasn't really been uh, introduced in uh, Texas. It's been used in Asia uh, successfully, but it's just prime for Texas well. So anybody that's wanting to increase their production, and and I'll pay for it. We'll, We'll send the Barrett. We'll do a treatment analysis on it. We'll send the product out to you and let it put it, put it in your wells at no cost. So some of the requirements are you need uh, sandstone and limestone to, for it to be a, a good well, and, it de- and it's got to also be declining in production. Right, and, and we could also do uh, horizontal wells too. And so then uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your treatment, or what does it look like, the life cycle of the treatment? Um, once we inject it, it's a liquid, and we mix it with hot water, um, and then they pump, you know, pump it down into the reservoir with a pump truck, and we need to let it set maybe three to five days, and then within 20 days, we'll start seeing results. And, and it's unlike a, a chemical treatment that will spike up real high and, and then go low. It will spike up and then it'll level out a little bit. But, you know, like the wells we te- tested in, um, uh, it was in Orange County, I believe. They, the last production on one was, you know, a little over five barrels. Uh, the three-year average, was, I think, was like 67 barrels, and uh, we thought we could at least get 30 out of that just because we're just cleaning it out to the way it originally was. Well, if any of our listeners, our, our oil and gas companies, would like more information on Barrow Solutions, where can they go to find your website or do they contact you? Give us some information where we can contact you. Yeah, I, I'm, still, I'm still working on the website. But they can uh, send me an email at barrow at rstarconsult.com. That's B-E-R-O at rstarconsult.com. Or they can call me directly at 316-858-0946. That's 316-858-0946. And I have some information I can ship them. 
Very good. Well, very interesting product, and um, we do hope to see you guys making an entrance into Texas because it's so important to be able to get every single drop of crude for uh, the oil and gas companies as well as, of course, the royalty or mineral right owners. So thank you, Randy, for coming on and giving us a business spotlight on Barrow Solutions. We wish you well, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on the show to talk about some wells that you have tested. I appreciate it, Kim. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Randy, and that's our business spotlight. Hey, if you'd like to have your business spotlighted here on In the Oil Patch, email us, radio at shalemag.com, and somebody will be in touch with you because we want to hear from you. And with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey along with your host, Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here, just like I am every week in the oil patch, right alongside you, fighting for a strong, responsible, successful, and sustainable oil and gas industry right here in the great state of Texas. Both on this show and as a fleet specialist for the Caleb Auto Group, I get to keep a first-hand perspective on the hard work that goes into making this such a great industry. And trust me, I understand how important it is to maintain both your company's image, the reliability, and the integrity of your fleet. And you can't break the bank doing it. So whether your fleet action plan requires leasing, buying outright, or something that falls kind of in between, I can help you. K-League Fleet Sales represents 11 brands and 16 stores that include Ford, Ram Trucks, and Toyota Trucks on the heavy-duty side, and Lincoln, Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, and Lexus on the luxury side. Hey, time is money, so our service departments offer pickup and delivery and rapid response to get you back on the road quickly. I would love the opportunity to help you keep your fleet plan rolling, so let's talk. Call me at area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can email me directly, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kaligauto, K-A-H-L-I-G-A-U-T-O.com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey along with your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, I think it's time to welcome our guest, David Blackman, back to In the Oil Patch. Well, thanks, Alvin. Hi, David, and welcome back to In the Oil Patch radio show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be back. You know, you are a contributor, David, uh, in Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine, as well as a regular contributor on our radio show. And, um, you know... I understand um, when when you write your content or when you come on the radio show, you, you know, not being a person of the industry per se, a very technical industry person, uh, we need things 
to be explained to us uh, the way you would explain uh, topics to the community. And you have actually done that very well as a writer and a contributor here on the radio show. So um, it's an honor to have you back on so we can talk about a topic that seems to be uh, a very hot spot right now in the media. But before we get started on our topic, I wanted uh, to have you introduce and explain a little bit about your background for some of our listeners who may not know you. Okay, sure. Yeah, I... uh I'm a guy who's been around a long time. I started in the industry back in 1979, been a policy analyst and uh, a specialist in tax issues and, and then more regulatory and environmental issues over the years. And uh, for the last 20 years, have have worked in the government affairs arena for, for several companies in the industry. Um, you know, I, my career started the year the windfall profit tax was put into law in 1979, and now here we are dealing with issues, uh, you know, uh, that uh, seem to tend more and more to be based uh, around environmental regulation and and issues surrounding uh, production and, and and things like that. Uh, so the world the world that I work in uh, has changed a lot over the last 20 years. Well, you know, David, let's dive right into the conversation. On March 21st, the largest U.S. refinery was bought by Saudi Aramco. What are your thoughts on uh, the purchase of this U.S. refinery? Yeah, well, that's the Botiva refinery uh, uh, near Port Arthur here in Texas. Um, uh, you know, prior to this month, uh, Shell and Motiva had owned that refinery uh, on a 50-50 basis, but uh, uh, the deal that happened was announced on the 21st would give Saudi Aramco sole uh, ownership of of that refinery, which is about three and a half percent of overall U.S. refining capacity, and and they exchange some other assets for that ownership. Um, you know that that particular deal doesn't really give me much heartburn um, because you know Saudi had already owned half of that refinery, but then. The same day, we, we saw reports that uh, the Saudis are going to be looking to acquire additional uh, refinery asset, uh, assets and capacity in the United States. And, you know, that uh, prospect seems to be pretty problematic uh, given uh, the, the situation uh, uh, in the Middle East and, and globally where all, all uh, supplies and refining capacity is concerned. You know, the United States for many, many years has uh, had a compelling strategic interest in protecting the flow of oil out of the Persian Gulf uh, because we are importing such a high percentage of our daily oil use uh, from foreign countries. Uh, That got as high as 65 percent in 2007. Um, But then since the advent of the ability to produce oil from shale formations, that percentage has steadily fallen. Uh, in 2015, we only imported 24% of our daily oil use, which amounts to about 5 million barrels of oil per day. Um, when you think about that, we could easily, as a country, import that amount of oil uh, from countries in the Western Hemisphere, countries like Canada and Mexico, uh, Venezuela, Brazil. You know, um, and, w- and what that means is, as a strategic matter, our country no longer has this compelling need to protect the flow of oil 
through the Straits of Hormuz in the Persian Gulf. And, you know, that means that, again, as a strategic matter, our interests are going to become, uh, in the coming years, less and less aligned with the Saudis. So I guess my question is, does it make sense for the United States to allow a country like Saudi Arabia, with its terrible records, you know, where human rights uh, considerations are concerned, and whose strategic interests are becoming disaligned with our own, does it make sense for us to allow that country to obtain a, an increasing share of, our, of the refining capacity in this country? And I, I kind of think maybe it doesn't. Well, David, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to continue the conversation of the U.S. refineries being purchased by countries like Saudi Arabia. And we'll be right back within the oil patch right after this. Amerijet's global cargo shipping and freight forwarding network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. Shipping manufactured oversized parts, oil and gas field equipment, or supplies domestically or internationally? Amerijet is your full-service multimodal transportation and logistics provider, offering domestic and international scheduled all-cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S., with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40-plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. From oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants and heavy weight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. Good news, Texas. Barrow Solutions has arrived on the oil and gas scene with the ability to increase production with zero capital cost to the producer and zero cost to the environment. With the right conditions, Barrow will help your stagnant oil well produce again, with some wells ramping back up to 50% of their original production output. As Barrow owner Randy Crow says, this is huge and it is very, very real. For more information, call 316-858-0946. Again, that's 316 316- 858-0946 or email Randy Crow directly at randy at rstarconsult.com That's randy at rstarconsult.com Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto, and our guest today, David Blackman. Kim? David, uh, before the break, we were discussing how U.S. refineries are coming into play with other countries purchasing U.S. refineries. So, you know, I, I'm curious if if the article that came out discussing that uh, Saudi Arabia would like to purchase more U.S. refineries, how do you see this impacting us here in the United States if they are purchasing more U.S. refineries? Well, I, I think the concern needs to, to be thought about. I mean, currently with with the ownership in, in one 
refinery, I don't think the concern is that big. But if if they were to continue to uh, purchase uh, refining assets and capacity in the United States, at some point you you would have to believe they would come to a threshold where they could really significantly impact uh, the United States' ability to supply its own needs, uh, its own daily oil consumption needs. And, um, you know, as our as our interests become less strategically aligned in the Middle East, and as our needs to import oil from the Middle East become less of a strategic problem for the United States, then, then our willingness um, and interest in becoming involved in, you know, matters uh, in the Middle East that, that involve military intervention is, is also going to become less. And so if you get into a situation where the Saudis, uh, as a country, want the United States to intervene on its behalf in a military fashion, and the United States is unwilling to do that, if they own a significant portion of our country's refining capacity, we could be, as a country, in a situation uh, in which a country that is, at that point, hostile to our interests has the ability to very significantly and negatively impact our economy by shutting down their own refineries in our country. You have to think about it in terms of would we want, have wanted in the 19, during the height of the Cold War, would we have wanted uh, the Soviet Union to own a significant portion of our refining assets in the United States? That would have been uh, unthinkable during that period of time. And I think that as we go through time, uh, you, you can look out into the future and envision a time where we could be in that very situation with Saudi Arabia. I mean, right now, our countries have a tense but kind of friendly relationship with one another. Um, but if if we are able to continue to produce shale oil in the United States and continue to lessen our dependence on oil coming in from the Middle East, the level of tension in our relationship with with a country like Saudi Arabia that you know as 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 I mentioned before regularly regularly and very publicly commits severe human rights violations on its own people is going to become increasingly tense and difficult to manage and so it just seems like as a strategic matter from from the United States own interest self interest um Allowing a, a Saudi Arabia to capture a growing share of our refining market is probably pretty inadvisable at this point. And so, you know, our government ought to be encouraging uh, our ability to not only produce our own oil here in the United States, but also our ability to import oil from friendly countries in the Western Hemisphere like Canada and Mexico. The Keystone XL pipeline is a prime case in point. Um a government that was interested in taking advantage of this strategic opportunity would have long ago approved the Keystone XL pipeline because that gives us the ability to import more oil from Canada, a very friendly country. You know, I mean, gosh, it's Canada, for crying out loud. Why wouldn't we want to do more trade with Canada? Um, so that's, you know, just a, a real easy step any new administration can take to you know, to to take advantage of, of this gift that, that we've been given. Um, 
and reduce our dependence on any further imports from from hostile countries and other parts of the world. Um, and there there are other things, you know, other steps that could be taken to to uh, kind of get the heavy hand of government off of the industry. Uh, there's been this mad dash at, at, by the Obama administration last year and this year to shove through all these major ill-considered regulations under the Clean Air and Clean Water Act that are going to have major negative impacts on the oil and gas industry in this country and, and, and many other industries in this country. And and you are right. You are right. We've had numerous uh, guests on discussing this. David, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the different regulations that this administration has placed on the industry. And we'll be right back within the Oil Patch Radio Show after this commercial. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities, where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here, just like I am every week in the oil patch, right alongside you, fighting for a strong, responsible, successful, and sustainable oil and gas industry right here in the great state of Texas. Both on this show and as a fleet specialist for the Caleb Auto Group, I get to keep a first-hand perspective on the hard work that goes into making this such a great industry. And trust me, I understand how important it is to maintain both your company's image, the reliability, and the integrity of your fleet. And you can't break the bank doing it. So whether your fleet action plan requires leasing, buying outright, or something that falls kind of in between, I can help you. Kalig Fleet Sales represents 11 brands and 16 stores that include Ford, Ram trucks, and Toyota trucks on the heavy-duty side, and Lincoln, Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, and Lexus on the luxury side. Hey, time is money, so our service departments offer pickup and delivery and rapid response to get you back on the road quickly. I would love the opportunity to help you keep your fleet plan rolling, so let's talk. 
call me at area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can email me directly, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kaligauto, K-A-H-L-I-G-A-U-T-O dot com. And we're back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, who is an energy expert um, and has joined us today to talk to us a little bit about uh, the purchase of a U.S. refinery shell, as well as um, some other information pertaining to um, how this will affect us if more refineries are, are bought. David, before the break... We were discussing uh, the administration, the current administration, the Obama administration, and the regulation that has been placed on the industry. Tell me a little bit about um, all the different regulatory arms that have been at work to um, over-regulate the industry of energy, if you will. Sure. Well, you know, most of it's coming out of the Environmental Protection Agency. Um, I guess the the very worst one, uh, in my view, is the waters of the United States uh, regulation that was uh, that they tried to finalize late last year, but uh, uh, the federal courts have now uh, put a hold on their implementation of it. But uh, this regulation would dramatically expand EPA's regulatory reach over, you know, uh, currently they have the ability to regulate any navigable water. Uh, in the U.S., which is what the act says, the law says. Uh, but this regulation would ex- extend that uh, authority over any other body of water you can think of, including um, uh, drainage ditches and mud puddles in your backyard and, and just any any trench or hole that, that either permanently or periodically contains water. Uh, that's you know, that's just a, a nightmare scenario for the whole economy uh, to have the EPA uh, engaged in, in that kind of uh, vast expansion of its regulatory reach. Uh, you have the ozone standard that, uh, you know, they're attempting to implement uh, an even lower ozone standard before most parts of the country have been able to adjust to their previous standard that was issued uh, in 2008. Um that, uh, if, if they're able to finalize that, and again, that's uh, tied up in the courts, but uh, if they're able to implement that, uh, the cost to, for example, the city of San Antonio is going to be gigantic. Um, I think also it would take us out of attainment for the first time in history in San Antonio. That's right. And, and that is going to place all sorts of restrictions on all manner of businesses. Uh, that, that new standard, by the way, would put about 90% of the state of Texas into a non-attainment situation, where currently less than 5% is, okay? There are, there are parts of the state of Texas where the ambient, naturally occurring ozone is higher than the new standard would be. So there, there are pretty broad swaths of this country that could never possibly be in attainment just because the naturally occurring ozone is higher than the standard, which tells you how senseless that particular regulation is. Um, they have, uh, over the last six months, engaged in a, in a really massive effort to regulate methane emissions from the upstream segment of the oil and gas industry. Now, you might think that makes a lot of sense until you realize that, that methane regulations from the upstream segment of the oil and gas industry 
are no more than a trace element in greenhouse gas emissions. They're virtually nothing in overall greenhouse gas emissions. And yet the EPA has expended millions and millions of dollars in man hours to try to regulate that tiny little piece, um, you know, in an obvious effort to try to harm the oil and gas industry in this country and disadvantage it related to renewables. That's the whole goal. Um, most recently, they, they have uh, the Department of Interior has come out with a proposed regulation on bidding and clearing, um, which, again, you know, there have been bidding and clearing issues in various parts of the country as uh, the pipeline build out in these, these uh, areas of very active drilling has a natural lag and you end up having to flare natural gas until the pipeline's built. Um, but that that issue is, is taking care of itself as a matter of course. It always does, and yet now they're going to come in with a very heavy-handed regulation, a very costly regulation from the Department of the Interior. Again, and, and the regulation itself uh, is totally out of touch with the realities of normal industry practice in the industry. And so you just end up with this constant drumbeat of new regulation uh, as this administration winds down and they, they're running out of time, so they're just trying to shove it all through the system uh, to, to beat the deadline that they're under. Um, so, the, yeah, so the effect of that on the industry is just a lot of higher costs What's going to end up happening with all this methane regulation is marginal natural gas wells all over the country are just going to be plugged and abandoned, and that's a very significant portion of our natural gas production that's going to be permanently lost because of senseless regulations from the federal government. Well, you know, and I look at it as an, just an entrepreneur business owner and realizing that a lot of this regulation that's coming down the pike or attempting to make its way in has an impact not just on the energy um, sector and those businesses. It has an overall impact on all of us, like uh, the ozone. And and if, if the voters were to understand that, you know, who we elect if they are pro-business, which I'm not really sure if this administration qualifies for that, would not be doing these things. I mean, the trace that you talk about, is it, is it, can I put this in a common sense way that I think that, um, and this is nothing against uh, the farmers of America, but, uh, you know, cows give off this as well. Are you going to, what are you going to do to the cows? Because they probably give off more than what the energy industry does, correct? And, and yet. Oh, uh, oh uh, vastly more, yes, by, by many factors more. Um, yes, self-flatulence, yes. Yeah, and so this is how common sense-wise I, I, I take a, a step back and say who is running these governmental agencies and putting these things in place that make no sense. They harm jobs, they harm the community, they harm, and not the community in the sense, but, but taxes. It's just tax and tax and tax and, and killing jobs and job growth 
and all for for something that makes no sense to me. I mean, renewables, it's great. Uh, they will have their place at the table, and, and within time, there's not clearly enough to use them solely and specifically. So I, I guess I just don't quite understand who's running this administration and running all of these different uh, programs, what appears to me, into the ground. But um, that's just, you know, my opinion. David, we have to take another commercial break, and we'll be right back within the Oil Patch Radio Show. Good news, Texas. Barrow Solutions has arrived on the oil and gas scene with the ability to increase production with zero capital cost to the producer and zero cost to the environment. With the right conditions, Barrow will help your stagnant oil well produce again, with some wells ramping back up to 50% of their original production output. As Barrow owner Randy Crow says, this is huge and it is very, very real. For more information, call 316-858-0946. Again, that's 316-858-0946. Or email Randy Crow directly at randy at rstarconsult.com. That's randy at rstarconsult.com. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Amerijet's global cargo shipping and freight forwarding network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. Shipping manufactured oversized parts, oil and gas field equipment, or supplies domestically or internationally? Amerijet is your full-service multimodal transportation and logistics provider, offering domestic and international scheduled all-cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S., with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40-plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. From oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants and heavy weight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. And we're back in the Oil Patch Radio Show. You know, David, before the break... I was discussing this administration and their different regulatory arms that have been utilized to not just harm the energy industry, but also businesses, entrepreneurs, and and just the United States as a whole. So let's talk a little bit about what are your thoughts on um, these different regulatory arms? Sure. Uh, So, yeah, uh, a minute ago you asked, well, who runs these agencies? And it's, it's a fantastic question. And and the answer is is actually very interesting. When you, when you really look at who has been hired into the Environmental Protection Agency in this administration, what you find is an awful high percentage of the people come from uh, environmental organizations like the Sierra Club and the Natural Resources Defense Council and all these radical left-wing organizations with very noble-sounding names. Um, that basically want to, you know, have as their goal to to stop human progress, and and that's what really this is all about. It's not about cleaning the air and cleaning the water. It's about stopping private industry and and killing off the fossil fuel industries, uh, with the notion that you can run our entire economy on things like wind power and solar power, which. You know, wind power and solar power are very nice things to have, and they they do play a role in the generation of power. 
Um, but globally, those two combined generate less than 2% of electricity across the globe and less than 2% of electricity in this country. This, this, our economy has, for over 100 years, been a very fossil fuel-centric economy, and it, and it still is 100 years later. Um, but, the, but that's really who is, is populating the bureaucracies at the EPA uh, to, to almost as great an extent as the kind of people that have been brought into the Department of Interior during this administration. And, um, and so it's not a surprise that they have gone about doing everything they can to first regulate the coal industry out of existence, and they have largely succeeded with the coal industry. They have really severely damaged the coal industry and its ability to survive into the future in this country. And, uh, and now they're working on the oil and gas industry as their time is running out here over the last couple of years. And, um, so, I mean, that's, and it's all, it's, it's all part of the plan. This was not an accident. This was the plan, uh, that this administration had. Right. And, you know, I'm going to just go back. You said about 2% is what the um, solar and wind are producing. And if you go back and you look at, you know, who is running these uh, regulatory agencies um, and you look at and follow the money of how much money is really uh, invested and who's getting the money for continuing to promote these wind and solar, the billions of dollars that uh, individuals are receiving as a result of that, as well as other countries that are funding these environmental groups, you kind of get a picture that it's not just um, that we're trying to uh, look at other renewable resources for energy. There are a lot of dollars that are floating around that people are going to be making um, if they're able to kill the coal in the energy industry. Follow the money, you usually follow the motive. So, David, just changing uh, gears just slightly, we are in a, a, a time where we're looking for a new president, and obviously voters need to be informed before they go and place their vote uh, on who will be the next president. And helping our listeners understand how important that is, what are your thoughts on the next president and how will this affect, um, you know, if we get it right, how well will the energy industry do as well as the community or who do you think is a good candidate? Well, it's it's an interesting election. I, you know, when, when you look at who remains in the race as of uh, today, um, only Ted Cruz uh, is the only candidate that has really spelled out a detailed energy policy. And 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 Mr. Cruz, you know, he understands uh, energy pretty well. He's uh, he's been engaged uh, as a senator in in a lot of different issues related to not just the oil and gas industry, but uh, but wind and solar and ethanol and and all the. Uh, various elements of, of our energy mix. So I think the Cruz administration would be a very positive change uh, where energy policy is concerned. Um, Donald Trump has, you know, yet to really spell out a detailed energy policy. He he uh, has not spoken on it, the subject at any great length, other than to say he's for it all. He hasn't, you know, there were no questions in any of the debate really uh, related to energy policy, which was very disappointing. And so uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, 
obviously, once you get into a general election campaign, if he's the nominee, uh, he will, uh, you know, have to, to to start spelling out policies in more detail. So we'll see then. Uh, Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side, um, you know, she is running a campaign in which she is essentially portraying herself as a third term uh, for President Obama. Um, well, you know, if that's really the case, if that's really going to be, uh, if her administration would be a continuation of the energy policies of the Obama administration, obviously it would not be a positive thing for the gas industry. Um, Bernie Sanders is a very much a long shot to be in the mix, but uh, I think we could, we can uh, uh, just assume that a Sanders presidency would not be a positive thing for for any energy industry, uh, not just oil and gas, but really any energy industry, because he has no understanding of it and, and no apparent desire to learn about it. So, um, but he's he's not going to be the nominee in any event. So, you know, in in recapping, the only candidate currently right now that is even having a discussion on energy is uh, Ted Cruz. And, you know, rather you live in Texas or you live in another part of the United States, you know, you're still affected by uh, the energy industry. And so I do believe that, um, you know, getting informed and uh, getting educated to the next president when you go and vote is going to be very important for all of us. So I encourage our listeners to uh, get informed on the candidates before you go and vote. David, once again, it was a pleasure having you on the show today on the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we look forward to when you come back and visit us again. Thank you very much. I'm always happy to be here. Kim, what a great show today, and thank you to David Blackman for all the great information you shared with us today outstanding information. Kim? Now it's my great pleasure to bring in our uh, correspondent out from the Permian Basin Association area, Catherine Stokes, the executive director of the West Texas Energy Consortium. Catherine, welcome to In the Oil Patch this week. Thanks, Ken. How are you doing today? Oh, fabulous. You know, we had a somewhat of a storm roll through that kind of affected all the way from San Antonio to Corpus. Some pretty, pretty bad weather. It left a lot of people in the Corpus Christi area without power, but today you'd never be able to tell the difference. It's beautiful in San Antonio and beautiful in Corpus and beautiful through the Eagle Forge. So we're very happy that we are having much better weather today than over the weekend. Yeah, that's the way it was out in West Texas. We had a little bit of a cold front come through uh, over the weekend. It was kind of dreary Friday, but um, today, nice and sunny. It's a little bit cooler than we expected, but we appreciate any moisture that comes in our way. Well, um, you know, every week you come on the show and you kind of give us some highlights about things that are happening in your area and what your organization, the West Texas Energy Consortium, is working on. And uh, so we're really proud to have you a part of the show and uh, be able to bring our uh, listeners in the Midland and Odessa area some information, much-needed information, so they can get engaged and get involved. But, you know, it's funny. We are we are really trying, uh, Catherine, to make a difference all over the state in, in the way of helping uh, the community and the folks that work and live all over Texas to understand energy and energy topics uh, to a greater depth. And that's because, you know, energy is such an important topic in Texas. It's a a huge driver, an economic driver for all of us. And, um, you know, we're committed to continuing to have open discussions on uh, oil and gas and how it affects us and our businesses and, um, you know, I wanted to just, uh, you know, talk to you a little bit about, we have some 
we have an event planned out there, um, the West Texas Energy Consortium and Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, uh, to uh, put together a uh, event that will focus on that education out there in the middle of Odessa area, and it's called the State of Energy, which uh, we see it being put on in the fall uh, of this year. So, you know, we, we've produced this in the areas of San Antonio and Corpus to help that community understand and come together and talk about energy and its topics. And I'm really happy to see that you guys have uh, partnered with this. You all truly get the importance of energy and, and, and you hit your mission. And so I'm very happy to announce that we've partnered on this and, uh, for our listeners pay, you know, to just stay informed, follow us. This information will be released, um, through our multiple channels, media, social media, and, um, here on the radio, as well as in the magazine as to when we'll be putting a date and a place out there in the Midland area. So we're really happy to have uh, West Texas Energy Consortium. Catherine, you guys join us uh, in that community event. Definitely. I think the one thing that makes these events different, you know, we, we hosted an annual event our first year. We hosted in Abilene, and then we had a, a second annual event in San Angelo. And I think what makes these events different from everything I've seen, either, you know, in the Houston area, San Antonio, even out in middle and Odessa areas, a lot of the energy events that are put on are very much for the energy industry individuals and are focused around um, topics and jargon that they understand. It would be no different than going to, um, you know, a conference that um, oncologists would attend or um, a educator's conference where they're talking educator's language. I think the difference that we see out here is we want to be able to bring in energy industry professionals that can talk to community leaders, our economic development leaders, bringing in education and workforce, and looking at all those different areas that energy affects, whether it's our infrastructure, our education and workforce needs, um, anything that is, is an economic driver, we want to be able to open up doors for information for just the general public, or if you're just somebody that lives in the community and you want to know a little bit more about energy or you want to know how energy affects economics in your area or education and workforce needs, we want to be able to bring some of those topics to the area and have our um, just regular Joe public walk in off the street and be able to walk home with some information about, you know, a little bit more clarification on uh, what the energy industry does for them and, and what our um, other uh, local stakeholders are able to do for them. Exactly. And and that is a very important key because this is, well, we'll have a lot of energy folks there, I'm sure, and those will be our panelists coming and talking. It's really for the person who might want to uh, look at possibly uh, getting a job in, in the uh, oil field area or um, where do I fit into this massive puzzle. Uh, but I'm going to change gears just a little bit. And I understand that in the Midland area, there is a career fair coming. So tell us a little bit about what that is. There is. Um, they're, they're finalizing. They're having another meeting uh, later this week. So right now, it's just the Permian Regional Youth Career Expo is what is the name that they have for it right now. It's open up to all middle and high schoolers located in the Region 18 Education Service Center. Um it's going to be May 17th. They're going to start that at 9 a.m. Right now, they're estimating about 3,000 students are going to, going to attend that. So one of the things that they've changed, instead of just having one session that everyone will attend, they're going to break those up into several sessions. 
so that there'll be a constant flow of students, new students coming in on the hour uh, and rotating through all those exhibitors. And the experience that I've had, Kim, in attending these and helping facilitate and coordinate those, one of the stories that I can bring to you is one that we did in Abilene is a robotics um, team from our local high school was an exhibitor, and they were able to show off what their robotics team had done for competition, and they had actually um, placed in that competition. But right next to them as an exhibitor was a company that they develop all those robots that our military uses. I, you know, they're the um, robotic sniffing dogs that go out and, and find the I, uh, the explosive devices, and um, they were the company that were showing off their technology. So for our robotics high school students to be able to have conversations with those company um, developers and programmers that are building these huge uh, machines that our military uses. So we're really excited. Um, the the events being um, hosted by the Workforce Development Board out there, uh, Ector County ISD and Midland ISD are really working hard in reaching out to all of our rural schools that are out in that area. They are sending out, and we should have on our website, they're going to send out an RSVP. They want to get as many exhibitors and employers involved as possible. We should have their RSVP information and um, information for exhibitors on our on our website probably by the end of the week when they finish um, deciding what they want that to look like. But in the meantime, their contact person out there in the Permian for this event is Ro Rosemary Casas. She can be reached at 432 563-5239. Again, the event's going to be May 17th at 9 a.m. out at the Commemorative Air Force on Wright Drive in Midland. Very, very interesting. Well, you know, Catherine, we really do appreciate you being on the show today and telling us what's going on in the area. Um, as always, every week you, you will be on our show to talk to us about the things that are happening in the Permian Basin area so uh, the community out there can uh, be aware of events that they can partake in uh, join your association as well it's a great association um, so thank you again for being our uh, being on the radio show this week and we look forward to talking to you again next week thanks so much kim see you next week take care Catherine stokes thank you once again for updating us with the upcoming schedule events in the permian basin area and, Cam, I believe it's time for oil and gas trivia. Hey, if you're the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to this email address, radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. You'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. That's right, Alvin. Here's today's trivia question. What is the name of the article that David Blackman contributed to the March-April issue of Shell Oil & Gas Business Magazine? Please email your response to radio at shellmag.com. That's radio at shell, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And remember, the first correct email wins a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. Well, Cam, looks like another week in the books for In the Oil Patch. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And Kim, I guess we'll see you next week. Until next week. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.